Mary Latham. Mary Latham, more good that today. <laughs> How are you doing today? Great. How are you doing? Great. I, I have to say, it's just throw out first before anything else. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I so, so, so uh, happy and so grateful to be in your presence right now. I mean, virtually, of course, but but it's, it's great. I mean, the 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 messages that that you the the messages and the the love that you put out there in the world needs to be put out there by everybody, <laughs> like more often. Yes. <laughs> Thank so, you very much. So I know we were talking a tiny, tiny bit right before we started going. Kind of want to piggyback off of that a little bit. Um, so the, the, the road trip, how long ago did you get back from that? So I had really lucky timing. I got back at the end of November, kind of right before the world started shutting down in December. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that November 30th was my uh, last day that I drove back into my hometown. That's the day before my birthday. Yeah. Lovely. That's my best friend's birthday, December first. Or were you November? It's my mom's 20th? birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. No, I'm I'm December first. December first. Okay. Uh, me and my mom, same same birthday. Oh, I like that. I was I was her twenty fourth. You stole birthday. her birthday. I stole her birthday. Yes. She well, she says she gave it to me. She was like, "Well, I'm twenty four now, forever, and you just continue to age." That's oh, her joke that she's always been. a few months ago held her kidding because she's like, this is my birthday. He's not being born on my birthday. <laughs> she held, held them in. She did. It worked. <laughs> so the. Man, what was I? I had like just a train of thought that that left me two seconds ago. <laughs> so it's, I think it's the pandemic. Yeah, the pan pandemic. Yes. Pandas. Pandemic. No, I think I think I came across you a while ago and I think I reached out to you a while ago and I just mm -hmm. been so scatterbrained for so long. And I think both of us have like we, we connected at first and then then it was like radio silent for a while. But well, I, you're I, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I remember you had asked when I would be driving through Philadelphia. Right, yeah. And um, because I was doing everything on my own and through the on the road and everything, I think I was a few states behind. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'll let you know when I get there. And then, you know, a butterfly flew by and right, right. other things happened. Which will, which will happen when it's known to happen. But <laughs> it's, it's like such the, the... It's so funny how sincere something can be in a world of pretty insincere and compassionate apathetic like i i actually you know i'm i'm in three years three maybe four years into doing this podcast and i feel weird going like oh make sure you subscribe and you like the page and you do like because all that feels like such like oblig obligatory like <laughs> Everybody's got to say that. Now, when it comes to like crowdsourcing and getting support behind a thing, yours was like so organic, and the outpour of people lining up to really help you. 
Yeah. In in this in this project, and for the people who are listening who might not know, uh, Mary, Mary uh, is writing a book. You're currently writing that book. Yes. Right? Through the stories of people who have like stories of kindness and crazy like the good positive things in the world because there's more of that yes. and there's more of that than there is the negative stuff and and what it went back what well, like the there's like a starbucks the starbucks <laughs> that that, that was the genesis of it all yes um yeah so december 14 2012 was the day of the sandy hook elementary school shooting Mm-hmm. And I was um, working a nine to five at the time, Monday through Friday. And then I was doing wedding photography, which I still do, um, which kind of keeps me afloat. It's a good mobile business mm-hmm. um, on the weekends and, and nannying for two different families on the weeknights. So kind of doing the hustle to, you know, afford your life in New York City in your shoebox apartment. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten to work and one of my coworkers was walking by my desk and he had a Starbucks coffee with him. And I was staring at the news that morning because it had just all been, um, it had just happened. It was like 9 a.m. They were giving all the information on the shooter. He was still active. And I was obsessing over it. I was just staring at it and um, refreshing my newsfeed. And he was like, oh, you should have come to Starbucks. And I was like, yeah, I can't afford it. And he was like, no, it was free. And it was like, I kind of finally, you know, you hear free, you're like, what? <laughs> and I turned around and he said, yeah, there was some man in earlier buying gift cards because it was right before Christmas. And mm-hmm. he bought an extra gift card at the end, just randomly for $100 and said, run it out on uh, the line behind me. Wow. And the guy I worked with at the time, he was 30. Um, his wife had just left him. He was, um, his mom had passed away a few months earlier from cancer and he had back surgery coming up. So it's just like not his year. And he was so happy. Like I can still see his face today. Like he was just glowing about this free coffee. Mm-hmm. And he walked away and I called my mom and I told her about it. And then I kind of quickly switched over to the shooting because she didn't know yet. And I was telling her all about it. And how could this happen? And there's so much bad out there and the world is going to shit and everything is horrible. And like, you know, how am I going to babysit tonight without crying on this kid who is the same? It's six year old kid. That was the same age of these other kids that just got shot and killed. And she was like, Mary, you got to focus on that coffee story that you just told me. You know, there's always going to be tragedies and horrible things that will inevitably happen in our lives and in the world, but there'll always be more good out there if you look for it. Um, So that was kind of one of the big conversations we had. She actually passed away two weeks later from cancer. And I was like, what the, this isn't more good. Um, But my experience with her having um, been sick for so many years of my life and being in and out of hospitals. And then that last week in a hospital waiting room in New York City, um, it just made me really open my eyes to the fact that I'm so fortunate that I was one of four kids. My parents had been married for 40 years at that point. Like we were all together in that really shitty time. And there was a person in there alone. There was a couple divorced and fighting over their daughter that was dying. Like it was just for an already very hopeless feeling room. It was so much more depressing, like being there and there was nothing, like not even a magazine to know like what Kim Kardashian's painting her toenails these days. Like there was nothing. And so I thought they could really use something. And so that's where I kind of created this idea for a book of these stories of all of these people that, and it's not, you know, I'm always like careful with the whole like, Oh, it's stories of kindness, like as if I'm some unicorn sprinkling rainbows oh, and sparkles, right. you know, it's, around. It's, it's re- so real, so reality based, so raw. I, and, 
That's... I feel like I just got home from war. Um, so yeah, so no. that was kind of the mission. <laughs> and I took her car for it so that she was coming with me. Uh, she had an old Subaru Outback. And so I drove her car to every single state. That was the plan because there is good in every single state. Mm-hmm. even New Jersey. And, um, and so I, <laughs> I decided to do that and I would sponsor it on human kindness. So people that had friends or connections or any way to stay with strangers. Um, I thought I'd have to stay in my car, go camping, this or that. No, people opened their doors left and right. And I ended up in 154 homes across the country and hit about 43,000 something miles on my odometer. And it only wow. took three years and 31 days. Wow. <laughs> well, like, what did you do with your like you you could have like you could have like filmed a reality series in your spare time like <laughs> well there was no spare time first of all um <laughs> but i'm saying like when you're in a new place you're in a yeah. new place and you're meeting new people you have to like you have to like do some some like character assessment of all these new people like oh, people are kind. I get okay, I get you're kind, but I understand there's people who say they're kind and there's a difference between saying you're kind and being kind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to try to like suss that out. Yes. You absolutely. can make a whole they can make a whole probably other book about that sort of stuff. But that you know, would I, be I that would be not focusing on the good part though. Right, exactly. That'd be more bad our sequel. Right. Um but yeah, more so, bad. More bad, more bad tomorrow. More bad tomorrow. Uh, more bad twenty twenty. Um, yeah, no, I think that um, that there is um, something to be said for that because a lot of people asked me when I was on my trip, like, how do you know when you're reaching? Because the people that hosted me were just mm-hmm. providing shelter, and then once I got to the community in the town, then I would reach out and explain what I was doing. And did anyone know these types of stories in their town? whether it was a family that lost a child and now they run a scholarship and send all these kids to college in honor of him or, you know, their house burnt down and the whole community, like got them money for a new house or, you know, this person lost their legs and now they're like a motivational person in the community that helps other people that go through losing limbs. Like just all of the stories came from dark. Like it was never sprinkling rainbows. Like it was always like really dark, sad moments that, they created light out of, which is what I was trying to do in the whole theme of the project with my mom's death. And so, um, so I think that when people would say like, well, how do you know if some of these people that are reaching out to aren't like, well, I just want to be in the book. And Mm. I never felt like that. I feel like no one ever was like, Hey, look at me, look at this good I'm doing. It was always, you know, Barbara in the neighborhood was like, you got to be Colin. He mows the lawns for all of these veterans over here or something like just someone was always recommending them. It was never them saying, right. look at me. Yeah. It was um, never like, Oh, make sure, make sure when you tell that story about Colin, you mentioned me in the book. Cause I'm the one who told you about Colin. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And you know what? Even some people that like, uh, some people do do good and they know that they're good and they're doing good. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little like aggressive, but they could just, be assholes doing annoying stuff like at least they're doing good (laughs) with their annoying personality you know like good is good no matter what and if they're gonna be like look at me i just donated all these school supplies well they donated the school supplies like do i want to go to lunch with them no but did they do something good yes so like i think we need to be so judgmental not be so judgmental and picky on like how we define good sometimes now when you thought of the idea when you were in the waiting rooms 
was this did you think of that idea like post your mom's passing or did you think of that right before she passed did you get an opportunity to tell her of the idea um yeah so we had uh, my friend and i had actually started something called the gratitude project Mm -hmm. right after that whole i had talked to her about what my mom said the more good Mm -hmm. and then she was like you know i've always wanted to do like i was like i feel like we should start highlighting these stories of positive things like the coffee guy and she said yeah i've always wanted to do a facebook page and call it like gratitude with two t's like attitude Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of discussing that. Um, it was like two days after the conversation with my mom in December and we were talking about it. And then all of a sudden my friend um, and well, my best friend, who was my roommate at the time, sent me a text and said, you're not going to believe this, but I was overserved last night at the bar and mm-hmm. um, I forgot my phone in the cab going home from, from the bar. And some older man got in the uh, taxi next and he found it on the floor and it was dead. The battery was dead. So he mm-hmm. went home, charged it, used the Surrey button to call her last contact, which was her father. And he was like, yeah, she lives in 1425 York Avenue. And he dropped it off at the building. Oh, wow. And That's... I was like, if this isn't like confirmation that like we need to do this project as we're talking about it and I'm getting another story. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> so yeah. we started it as a Facebook page on Valentine's Day. So my mom knew about that. Um, mm-hmm. It was two, two weeks after that we had started that, that she passed away. Um, she was in the hospital. She had surgery that was not successful. And so she was kind of in and out of consciousness. So I'm not sure how much she heard, but I was like, I'm going to write a book for you. I don't know. It was a horrible, horrible time. I I tried to tell her. Uh, uh, Yeah. I mean, there's not in those moments, in those moments, you're thinking less about what you've got to, what you've got to put over. You're like, Oh, listen, I got to make this plug to you real quick. Here's a, I'm going to plug you this idea. It's, it's more about, that those moments, that time that you get to spend together, than it is yeah. like getting your ideas out there. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna pitch you this idea real quick. <laughs> what do you think about this, mom? That probably would have killed her off even faster if she knew I was gonna go stay with strangers across the country after she left. She well, would have been like, me... no, she would have had a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, to be somebody who who worries already? I mean, if she, if she did, I mean, mothers—that's just nature of moms to worry about worry about their kids. So yeah, she definitely put some kind of protective bubble around me. It's a miracle I made it. I'm not even a good driver. <laughs> have Have you thought? I mean, and I thought this. I thought this when I first heard your story, and when we first had our first interaction with each other. I was like. Have you thought of doing like a podcast about this? Because I know you you have a website that's called More Good Today, More Good Dot Today, which I've never seen anyone with a dot today on anything. Well, no one understands it. That's why I had to make it moregoodtoday.com. Oh, okay. And it redirects because people kept putting dot today.com and then. <laughs> so it's like like a book that you read. A book that you read is. Not uh, today, not daily. It's only when you're sitting there in that room that you're reading yeah. those stories and you're feeling that. But if you're putting these out on a daily basis, that seems like something more like going into my my life story. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it right now. So get comfortable. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, but I uh, got my coffee. <laughs> no, but like I, I kept wrestling. going like I, yeah, I was wrestling. Yes, I always said I wanted to. I want to write a book. I want to write an autobiography. Because 
wrestlers autobiographies are my favorite kinds of books i read i've read like tons of them like you probably not a wrestling fan at all so you don't know that that's like a a, a genre of books but there's tons of them <laughs> but, no i'm interested in my friends that were wrestlers but i went like no one no one cares yet about me nobody like it would just be me telling it's like me saying hey care about this stuff you're not going to care about and then then i published that and then 10 15 years later the book comes out and i had said some stuff in it that i don't currently agree with right so mm -hmm. someone comes to me and go hey you said this and that hurt my feelings i'm like well i don't agree with that anymore either it's an ever-evolving process so then i went well i might as well have a, a show that i can do on a weekly basis where if I said something a week ago I don't agree with I can say that I don't agree with it anymore yeah yeah so like You're I felt like person. the audio was the new literature for mm -hmm. for uh for the evolving process for the growing and changing and bettering yourself so through that I long way of asking you have you thought about starting your own podcast um, so it's twofold. So I actually did think about it at one point. I was driving through Texas. I had just stayed in a house that had many dolls in the shower. It was very weird. It was like a shower that was set up like as a, a showroom almost because like it was the guest um, bathroom. So like no one's going to shower in like the powder room, but there was a shower. And so there was like these dolls in it. Getting weird. Anyway, the point is... It was a wonderful lady. I loved her. Um, hopefully she's not listening right now. And, uh, and so I was um, talking to my, one of my best friends from college used to call me all the time, like on her lunch break and always check in. And so I was talking to her on the phone and we were, you know, I was telling her about the shower and like these, this story. And we were just laughing and laughing and laughing. And like, it just felt like with her, I could say anything. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, gosh, I wish I had a podcast that I could call it like ringing from the road. And like throughout this journey, I'd be like, it'd be me and her conversation about mm -hmm. these things. And then I was like, oh my gosh, but what if any of my hosts ever listened? Or, you know, like I was always so protective uh -huh. of that, that I was like, to be careful. But, um, but at, at the same token, um, when you asked me before, like I could have done a reality show mm -hmm. or, you know, why didn't I, like people are always like, you should have been doing a video or a Netflix show or this or that. Um, Again, I was so protective of the people that I was meeting and you could tell immediately if I even asked like to like audio record sometimes people would change. Like right. it got to the point where I would just record and then I'd be like, I recorded our conversation. Is that okay? And they'd be like, oh yeah, thank God. Cause I don't, I'm not going to remember what I said, but if I do it in advance, they were always like, oh yeah. <clears throat> oh, like, I'm like, I'm not using this for anything. It's just for right. me to remember when I write the book. Right, like, right, this right, isn't right, going right. anywhere. But people change and I noticed that a lot. And so when I would go into their homes and it was just me and no video team and no all, like different motive of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I was just sitting down eating dinner with them and having some wine. They let it loose. Like they told me everything, everything. Mm -hmm. I was like a well, therapist across the country. <laughs> well, did you, did you ever watch, uh, I love America, the Sarah Silverman show on Hulu? No, sounds good. Oh, that next to twenty-three. Yes, yeah, you should watch. Whatever it was, she was like, "Okay, Democrat, Republican, I I don't care what it is. Tell me about a story when you shit your pants." 
and like people always like it was like the laughing and the and the relatability that we have with each other doesn't need to make us so binary like we are so the same and that was what i was catching in that and it, it totally made me think of you when when you were when you were saying that like it's not about it's not about what you voted for or what that's all so very cyclical and i say it all the time and you can you can even use this in your in your future conversations uh there are family members who stopped talking to other family members because they voted for or supported abraham lincoln it continuously goes on like you're, yeah, it's going to continue. We're going to ha have another thing in 30 years that's going to be some, something else. And it's like we shouldn't let anybody or anything separate us because yeah. I, I think everybody who's come into my life and every, every friend, loved one, family member, they all, they're all here for a good reason and to teach me something about myself that I didn't already know. So yeah. if we can learn something from differences then yeah. we can become more of the same yeah yeah and also there's something to be said for the fact that like that was going on when with abraham lincoln like it's going on now too but it feels like oh well now politics are so divided no they've always been divided like mm -hmm. things have always been like <laughs> like there's a lot of bad going on but like there used to be like still a lot of slavery going like there was like a lot of bad going on then too like it's not to say that there isn't always bad it's just that we have access to all the ways to focus on it now like we're there's just constantly more, on our there's computers more and our phones. sources to show that yeah. to you than there and ever I was would be, i would be on the road and my two best friends who were in new york having a heart attack that i was on the road staying with strangers they would be calling me too and they would be like where are you heading now? Oh my gosh, there was a, a shooting today in Oklahoma. Where are you in Oklahoma? And like, or, you know, this or that. And it's like, do you know how many shootings are probably in New York outside of your building? <laughs> like, there's like, I'm, I'm in that area. I'm walking down the street. Someone just bought me a coffee and I'm having a lovely day. Like there's always going to be stuff going on, but that doesn't mean that like, I don't know, you're only looking at the news. Then yeah, of course it looks terrifying everywhere. My mom, my mom's always said that, uh, like you can fill a bucket with the ocean water and the ocean still the ocean like the, the, you're we can all have what we want we can all be what we want to be we can all like if if i say hey mary why don't you start a podcast that doesn't automatically mean your podcast is going to be in competition with mine because your point of view your perspective your voice your journeys they're all yours and yeah. mine are all mine they're not going to be the same like you're not coming from a a professional wrestler who's a, a comedian and an actor. That's not you. You're, you're, uh, you know, a, a writer. You're a, a journey. Per you know what I mean? Like you're about, you're about what you're about, and I'm about what I'm about. So your your voice doesn't silence mine. It's just a different one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And also, you're doing something that, you know, focuses on positive things in that in in a way that obviously we have a lot of differences but um you know someone did say to me once they were like my friend they like wrote an email to me and like it's like dude you took like 20 minutes out of your day to be a dick but whatever that's fine that's his prerogative he like wrote me this whole email about how like his friend and i can't remember the guy's name now his friend um had already done this years ago and then i like looked up the guy and like he had traveled around the country but he didn't make a book for hospitals 
he didn't focus on kindness with people. He wasn't staying with strangers. He was staying in a tent. I was like, so basically we both did a road trip. Oh yeah, totally same thing. Um, but even if they had done something similar and collected positive stories, thank goodness. Like, I hope there's copycats out there. We need copycats of people right. trying to spread a positive message. Like we shouldn't be in competition. We should make a chorus of our voices and get that shit heard because <laughs> we need to be heard. I had a, I had somebody. I, I don't get into wars with people on Twitter very often. It's not a thing I enjoy doing. But some somebody was like, somebody bashed Bruce in like a very general way to me recently, and I was like, I was, I, he said, "Don't quit your day job," and I was like, oh, "Okay." And I was like, "How hack?" I was like, "You're such a hack." I'm I. If you're saying don't quit my day job, expecting that in COVID times when no one has day jobs that I actually have a day job telling me to not quit it, I was like, just carry on, man. Just go find something that's more for you. And I'm going to take it by the fact that you only gave me that sentence for the fact that you didn't make the effort to actually watch the project. You didn't right. actually, like, you just wanted to be a troll. You just wanted to be... Whatever. So I should have just done or said nothing. But then the guy came back with, I watched it. It was unoriginal. It was that. It was, I'm like, you have no profile picture. You're not a creator of anything. <laughs> like, no. what? He's sitting in like a cabin in the woods in Maine with his fat beer belly eating chicken off of his stomach. It's disgusting. Those people are just trolls and hurt people hurt people. You know, right. like it's yeah. just like that concept. Well, I have to say that, like, I don't know. I'm, you know, will get off the phone and go back to work and probably 10 butterflies will fly away and I'll get distracted again. But the fact that I watched the first, like, I mean, literally 30 seconds of the clip and immediately felt something and had to stop and wrote an entire letter to this person who ironically was a wrestler and a bipolar drug addict piece of shit that really hurt me. But I do. Oh, think, you know, wrestlers though. <laughs> but I do think that he isn't a bad person. I think he has a, mental disorder and I think he had a drug problem to try to numb out that mental disorder and watching that and like it just made me see it in a different light and immediately mm -hmm. reach out to just be a kind person so if, if that like for me when people can like get one tiny iota of some type of art that I tried to create and make it positive then it's a win and forget that yes. guy. he's not able to see it because he's too busy hurting from his I don't know well, I mean problem. I I was saying this earlier today to a friend that uh, there is a learned behavior in someone who's abusing you. They have programmed themselves to believe what they're doing is right. The villains in the stories never know that they're the villains in the stories. Yeah. So what they've, their, their manipulation isn't necessarily out of, out of malicious intent. It's just that they're so used to this being the, the formula of it. Mm -hmm. And most of us, most people are so used to, and I, I, I don't like to th think of myself as this very much, but most of us are just used to reacting to the world that happens to us. Yeah. In, instead of being a deliberate creator in the existence around us, which yeah. I like to, I like to, consider myself a deliberate creator in my world <laughs> and i'd hope that i can encourage people to actually do that exact same thing too yeah absolutely
But I, the, uh, the 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 Bruce, it's it's only fifteen minutes. You know what I mean. I, so, if if uh, one person can, says they don't actually like it and whatever, I'm like, dude, I'll give you fifteen minutes of my time. You can show me something for fifteen minutes or say something to me for fifteen minutes. I don't care. But I know anybody who watches it will like it, or anybody who invests the the currency of your effort and your intention yeah. and your attention. It's like to do this show, to do evolving, it's not on the radio. Like you have to seek it out. You have to subscribe to it. You have to download it. You have to search it out. So anybody who ever gives me any of that attention, anybody who makes that effort and sticks with it, like, mm-hmm. wow, that's an amazing, that's amazing. You, you spent your like as a wrestler, I've always said like the people who come watch me wrestle, they worked all week. They earned their money and yeah. they spent their money to come to the weekend, to the shows on the weekend and watch me do my thing. Like I got their hard earned money. Like, yeah. Like, money, money is even harder to come by these days. So <laughs> when I, when I equate attention and effort into money, into currency, the fact that somebody gave me that much of their currency, it makes me feel really, really accomplished. And I hope yeah. that somebody gets something out of the fact that I'm, I'm being as vulnerable as I am or asking yeah. you to be as vulnerable as you are and like really come out with these stories that are, you know, th- th- this is not, it's not really easy to talk about. It's not really easy to talk about loss and about having conversations with people who are gonna gonna leave this this uh, version of themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely very, very emotional, emotional journey. <laughs> so, have you thought about writing like a narrative, like a? Because I, I I love the idea, the calls from calls from the road. Oh, yeah, like, right. make, making that into like a a story that like actors play like uh, like a movie yeah i mean i would love or, to write or a play or something get, once i get this book out of um you know of of the stories i collected and highlighting the people and i put myself in it a lot like i'll kind of you know one of the stories i got was two um sisters that were from chicago and they were um their father had had kidney failure and he had kind of been sick their whole life, but um, their older brother ended up donating a kidney to him. And so for eight years, he had like great quality of life and they saw that and he was able to like throw the ball with them and just like be a dad. And, um, and then when his kidney failed again, he ended up passing away. And because they saw how they had these great quality years with him, they wanted to do that for someone else. So each sister, she was like 23 and 25, donated a kidney to a total stranger. And I just happened to like, know someone that knew someone that worked with them and like told me about them and go to the hospital and sit with them the day after she got out of surgery and was like sitting with the two sisters, the brother and the mom. And like, we still stay in touch to this day. And it was just, so people are always like, well, how did you get there? Like how, how, where were you in Chicago? Like, how did you get up in that hospital? How'd you meet these people? So I try to like write a little narrative of how I'm getting into these stories so that it's a little bit more of a storybook, but it's kind of going to be more of a coffee table concept. But then I want to write my whole journey, like all the 
you know, places I stayed, the people I stayed with, you know, the guys I met on the trip, like just like random little things about my life in it. Did you, did you use Waze? Did you use Google Maps? Did you I use Google Maps and my map? I had a map, like a physical map because like two weeks into my trip, my phone died mm-hmm. and I was like on the highway and it was starting to get dark and I was like, uh, hello. So I immediately bought a map at the next store I went to and like would use that too. So I had, because the problem is I would, even if I knew what town, like the exit said the town, I didn't know the people. I didn't have their phone number memorized because I didn't know them and I didn't have their address memorized. So I would start writing down the address and like their phone number and have my map showing where they were. But yeah, for the most part, I just use Google maps. Well, I mean, I think the, the original thing going out, like the original book, and you're calling, you're calling, you're when the book more good, more, more, more good, yeah. So when that originally comes out, and I think it's going to get tons of people really interested. So a lot of people are going to be. So it's going to be a pro or con after 2020. They're either going to throw it right in the trash, or they're going to love it. So they're going to love it so much, and then want to want to know the behind stories and want to know the perspective that comes from Mary and what what every aspect of the trip was like. And that's why I'm like, what if like there was a like maybe a YouTube channel where you talk about it? You talk yeah. a story every day or like a sort of interactive podcast or something where, yeah. where, where it's like Q&As or like Instagram live videos. Mm-hmm. yeah Think- no that would be fun I do like talking like I like talking in person on like stages and stuff I talked to a lot of high schools towards the second half of the trip mm-hmm. um just because I felt like high school kids really needed to hear a nice message um and then then I presented to a couple other groups too so like I got a lot better at being like on stage and talking to lots of people and I like that because I like that like human connection feeling um mm-hmm. but yeah, like for me, when the, like I tried to do like an Instagram live video or Facebook live video or something a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and it was just so awkward because it's just me in the screen. There's no one talking to you. And then you're trying to read the comments and they're like, what are you eating? And I'm like, what? That's not a question for my room. <laughs> well, like the the real like the questions that go into my my head are like. Mm-hmm. How many creepy men how many creepy men had to creep on you? Because honestly, not a lot. No, I really didn't feel like that. I mean, there was one at a gas station um, mm-hmm. once that was kind of being weird. And I remember he's like, oh, are you staying here? And I just gotten into town. And I was like, no, I'm actually just leaving. Um, but for the most part, and I know this, this like did not comfort my father. So I didn't really tell him this method. But this was like my kind of theory. I always wore a shirt that said more good, like every day. <laughs> had like 10 shirts hanging in the back of my little car closet. And so I was always in a more good shirt. And I always made eye contact with everyone and smiled at everyone. So I felt like if I'm walking into a truck stop and wearing a shirt that says more good, and I look at you in the eyes and I smile, there's a much less chance of you coming, following me in there and raping me and killing me. And I, I like believed it though. I was like, I genuinely felt like when you're looking at your phone or you're like seeming like a victim, then you could be a victim. But I feel like I was always like very aware of like every car that was in that parking lot when I went into the bathroom, which one was were like moved or gone when I le- like I was always observing everything happening. So I think if you're just paying attention, 
mm-hmm. then you don't put yourself in as many bad situations, um, which I was lucky enough to experience. Did your friends encourage you to carry a weapon? Yeah, my one of my friends tried to give me one of his guns, and I was like, I'll shoot myself in the foot. Like, <laughs> And also, like, are you kidding? If someone was about to, like, harm me or something and had a gun pulled too, and I was holding a gun, I'd be like... Oh, what happened in their childhood that they're doing that? Like, I would be able to pull a trigger on someone. I'd be like analyzing them. Like, why are they so hurt? We're so alike. We're so alike. Because I want to like dissect people sometimes. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I have a a friend of mine who's a comedian. He's way more successful of a podcaster than me. He's got way more listens than me. And we were at a show where he had just played, and some guy came up to him and was like, "Bro, I listen to your show every." single day i love every episode and then and then he was like thanks bro thanks dude and then the guy walked away i'm like if that was me i'd be like what's your favorite parts i want to like what (laughs) what speaks to you the most i want to i want to dissect it all i want to know every single thing that goes on because it's like really like you if you just dismiss that then you just miss a bunch of opportunities to to grow i think yeah like i will give my my myself the opportunity to speak to a complete stranger and hear their life and the things that make them vulnerable, the things that make them laugh and cry and stuff because I want to be able to understand myself a little bit better and I want to be able to understand like what other people would know what it's like to have somebody actually listen to them. I love holding space for people and and hearing the stories. So that's why that's I why. think you should be grateful that you're at where you're at because when things get bigger like that like I'm I don't know who your friend is but if he's a comedian I'm sure I'd love him and he's wonderful but I just think that when it gets so big then like yeah thank you wonderful you're one of my billions of followers great (laughs) but when you have a smaller thing like what mine was even Mm. though I was doing it for so long people were always like how do you not have a million followers on Instagram with what you're doing and I'm like I don't know how to even do that like I don't know I don't understand that world of like and it's all algorithm baloney anyway. But I just feel like because it wasn't so big, like if I had gotten some big publicity in the beginning of my trip, I would have been inundated. I probably would have had a lot of frauds trying to just get in the book. And it would have been overwhelming as one person to try to figure everything out. Instead, I would get one freaking email a month. Usually I had to like go out <laughs> to the towns and dig up the stories myself. But I'd get like one email and it would make my day and I would read it and I would respond and we would have an interaction and they'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you responded to me. You made my day. And it's like, yeah, it's just me over here. I don't have like a team of people, but there's something to be said, even though it is way more work and it's exhausting and you feel like, is anyone paying attention? It is more fruitful, if you will. I feel like to be able to have these personal, intimate connections with the people that are listening to us. Yeah. And that's what I noticed on the whole trip. Like when I would meet people that did these huge organizations and then stopped, they were like, we had it so small in the beginning. We would meet with the people, this and that. Now we have a team of 30 people. I don't even go and see the families anymore. Someone else is doing it. And they're like, and I'm burnt out. And we missed that feeling of going and sitting and like having that in common with the families who are trying to help because we both lost a child or whatever. And so they like weren't doing their organizations anymore. So I don't know. I think that we always think bigger is better and more followers is better and this and that. And, but it's not at the end of the day. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's weird. Like I, I always I always say, and like if I'm ever a guest on anybody else's show, and people say like, who inspires you? And I'll be like, this person, this person, this person. They'd be dream guests on my show. 
but I can't do anything for their following. I can't do anything. For, I can't make them. I can't give them more clout so they, they'll no sell my messages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll not respond to me because I'm not somebody. I'm, I'm just this humble Philly kid who, who uh, has, a, has a podcast about getting better at being me. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a millionaire. I, I can't. But I think I can't. that's what's cool because you're highlighting these people that aren't like, who would ever hear my, I'm a dinky old little me. Like people wouldn't necessarily hear our messages if you weren't giving us a platform to, to share them. The people that you want to highlight that are your heroes are already getting heard. They're famous. So right. their message is already out there. You're digging well, up people that well, aren't I want them getting. to give me the rub. I want. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Junior. Yeah. Well, it's all, I, I coined the phrase algorithm and blues. <laughs> It really is ridiculous. It makes yeah. no sense that like none of my posts ever show up. I, my friends are always like, when they ask about my more good posts, they're like, they don't show up on my Facebook. And I'm like, of course, like Facebook would like hide more good posts. <laughs> Unbelievable. More everything else. Yeah. Yeah. If it's right. not like depressing or political or sad or horrific or car crash, then why highlight it? Fight videos. Fight videos take up the the whole social media feed. I can't stand it. People, people, I, somebody posted something today. I can't believe I watched it. I felt so stupid. Like somebody (laughs) knocking out people. I'm like, why am I watching this? I don't want to like, oh, it seems like I'm a violent person because I'm a professional wrestler, but that's, that's controlled. That's controlled. And it's, it's a show. Right. It's a a show. Uh, Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I love people. <laughs> I don't want to hurt people. Right, uh, yeah. I just, um, I feel like eventually, eventually my, my, my shows of doing this, and I, and I plan on doing this, this show, mm-hmm. till, I'm, till I'm dead, till I'm not here anymore. I, I feel like I know this stuff's all going to outlive me. And that's why I bring this up. And this is why I bring it up because this is all on the record. So on the record, I want to say that I respect you. I respect what you've done. I respect that you didn't just sit around talking about how you were going to do something. You actually went and did it. And I appreciate that. And I, I have... So much, so much love in my heart for you, and I, I really appreciate that you're still out here doing the work and trying to get people to feel better. Because people, people need, people need that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing, you're doing something that can help so many people, and, and the few, I mean, I don't know how many, but the, the few people that have experienced it through you, like they don't, they don't just have that and then it's there. They have that, and then they then they pass it along. So that's what I'm hoping. What I can do with this show is like you hear a couple things that you like. Don't just have it for yourself and hear it. Pass it on. Yeah. That's what I think the 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 underlining the underlining more good message is. I mean, mm-hmm. without you telling me what it is, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's sort of the feeling that I get. Yeah, no, I had um, 
I think probably like one of the most gratifying moments of the whole trip was when I was leaving one of my host homes in um, Minnesota and she was like total stranger connection, a connection, a connection, single mom. She had two children that were 11 with severe um, cerebral palsy, like changing their diapers, 24 seven care. Um, and then a 15 year old son. And because her husband walked out the door when the twins were eight years old, she ended up having to put them in a medical foster home. So she sees one at a time on the weekend. So one of them was home when I was there. So I like watched everything she has to go through. And um, she has a very hard life. She had a very small, modest home. I was staying up in the attic and I stayed with her for five days actually. And, um, and on the last day when I was leaving and like, you know, we had had wine each night and talked and everything. And she was just so sweet. And so I was packing up my stuff and walking out the door and she said, you know, I always knew that there was joy in my life. It's just been so hard the last few years, but it's like when you got here and you came in here, it was like you were this snow globe that just like shook it all up. And now it's all I see and remember. And I was like, <laughs> like, I felt like that, if anything, if it can just be a reminder, like when I'm asking these questions, like, what do you remember in your life? Did anyone ever do something nice for you that impacted you or this teacher impacted you or this or that? Like just remembering those moments where someone really like kind of changed the trajectory of your life because of some act of kindness towards you. Um, then it was a success and forget the followers. <laughs> so I do a thing on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, really obsessed with time time travel the future mm -hmm. all of that fascinates me so much so on the show i call i'm calling this segment audio time travel so since this is outliving us since this is on the record let's say let's say 10 years 20 years 30 years from now mm -hmm. when the books come out books come out and people have gotten impact but then want to like understand what the beginning of this process was for you for you at this age how old are you 33 okay so 33 year old mary what was she most like i i'm 36 i was 33 when i started the show <laughs> so i i go uh, what just in this moment you're talking to those people who want to know what this version of you is like and what message you will have for them in the future and what the future is like? Um, well, it is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's, um, I think even when I started the trip, if I could like talk to her, <laughs> um, like halfway through the trip, I mean, I had gotten diagnosed with Lyme disease and driving in a car by myself and staying with strangers and every single night socializing and being on all of the time. I mean, I rolled out of the car on November 30th. Like I was broken and dead and I had so many doctor's appointments and so many problems and my heart, like just like the emotional toll it took to hear all these stories. Um, but I won't change the thing, you know, like it's just, it's so hard, but it's so worth it. And this part's really hard writing this book right now. It's like reliving all of this stuff and reliving that pain again. But I know that it's going to be worth it. And if I can make one person feel better in a hospital waiting room that's losing someone they love, then I'll do it. But yeah, don't think it's going to be easy. If you're broken <laughs> down and dying a little bit, you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 the hard parts are what make us us. 
the, yeah. the, the struggle can't experience is, the joy without the darkness. Right. Yeah. Do anything, anything that's easy normally sucks. Like if, if it's hard and then something good happens, then the hard was all worth it. Like yeah. it's never just something good happens and you go, Oh, well, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to flip this around right now on you and ask you if you have anything you want to ask me or say to me. Um, I do. So I had, um, I met a person when I was in West Virginia that um, asked me a question and it really inspired me. It's my new favorite question. He um, had come from Iran and he, when he was like 10, I think, and he just had a challenging life and he travels a lot for work now. Mm -hmm. And so whenever he's on the airplane, right before it's about to land in the last 10 minutes, he always looks over at the person next to him and he says, so what would you say is the best advice life has given you? Like your best takeaway from life, <laughs> which is always funny because they have to answer their next to him on the airplane. But um, so I was just wondering yours, like when he presented that to me, I was like, huh, it's like the hardest question in the world. Um, plus with something like you, where you talk to all these people and they're always saying interesting things that are probably inspiring you or advice things that you take away I felt the same like I'm constantly talking to people across the country but something kind of triggered in my head right away and so I didn't know if it did for you <laughs> okay so was that the question what's my best advice yeah like your best takeaway from life just and it doesn't have to be like you know be kind it can be a quote that your grandfather said or just random some memory or something that you feel like is the biggest thing in your life up to this date I, I think of like, um, you know, the, I, I learned that the phrase is called ever widening circles. Like when you drop, like when you drop a, a, a pebble, pebble or the something and the, and, the, and the circles come out. Um, mm -hmm. so like your words, you don't think about them after they leave your mouth, but the ears that heard them keep rehearing them and retelling that story. So like, it's more about be conscious of that. Be conscious of the the ripples that come from your words, because your words. I I always I'm I'll sit up at night and I'll think about what I've said all day, and I'll be like, oh man, I I did this podcast, I, and it's it's weird. Like if I if I have these conversations with people on the podcast, and then like later I'll be like, oh, they probably thought I was such a dingus right there. Oh man. And I feel oh my, God, my favorite word, dingus. <laughs> right. So like, oh man, I didn't want to. I don't. Man, I hope that they don't think about that part. Like, and I, I have to think about it, and I constantly think about it. And I was like, uh, oh, oh the, run through the hypotheticals a billion times. What could have said? What could have been said? What should have been said? Instead, like, give yourself a second before you speak. And run through the hypotheticals first instead yeah. of running through what you should have done after. Right. I, I, I that might be really good one. my biggest takeaway, I guess. Be yeah. just. I think it's a pretty big takeaway in general for this current political climate. <laughs> Careful yeah. what you say because we're all getting listened to and judged at all times. Well, it's 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 strange, and that's it's kind of. I wanted to get a little bit more into that as far as like your thoughts on it. Uh, thoughts on the Me Too movement and the speaking out and the all all the 
the cancel culture, social justice warrior, like virtue signaling, like what have you learned or seen or like the opinions that you've formed through seeing people go through this stuff? Um, well, I think that with like, with like the Me Too movement and everything, I think that it was um, unfortunate the way that a lot of people had their stories that they were trying to tell and being really vulnerable and brave and telling. And then it got so quickly twisted to, oh, I can't even look at her because she's going to say I harassed her. And it's like, those people mm. like got harassed and raped in their office space. <laughs> and you're just making a joke of it now because some people were so sensitive to it and saying, you know, it's like anything. Like, I just feel like it, people blew it out of proportion and ruined it for the ones that really needed that movement to help them. Mm. Um, but I think that with stuff like the freedom of speech aspect of a lot of stuff, I think that if people are going to say things that are offensive, I don't like it. And I'm not going to hang out with you. And I'm going to be like, that person kind of sucks. But I'm not going to be like, don't say that. You're not allowed. It's like, no, you can say, if you want to be a dingus, be a dingus. Like, it's not on me to not tell you to be a dingus. We're in America so that we can call people dinguses if we must. But mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't want to be your friend. And I won't say it myself. But I just feel like everyone is trying to control everyone. And it's like, we can't. We can control ourselves and who we surround ourselves with. And that's as far as it goes. I mean, I think that we're concerning ourselves with so many other bigger things. And it's like, and then we get upset about everything. And we're like, oh, gosh, I, I can't do everything. I can't do this and that. It's like, no, no one can do everything. But we could do something. So, like, if something's bothering you, instead of ranting about it on Facebook, do something. Like, go help that person. Or start working at a homeless shelter if you're going to complain about the homeless people. Or, you know, just instead of just crying about it all the time. If, you're, if you're feeling helpless, help somebody. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's been weird. Like some of the people that I respect most in, in, uh, in music and entertainment and wrestling and comedy have all been brought up on some charges. And I feel, I feel weird. I feel weird. And like, separating art from the artist and that that that's strange to me it's like do i negate all the great messages that this person's given me over the years because behind the scenes they might have hurt somebody's feelings so that that probably goes back to the be careful of your ripples you know what i mean be careful of your ever-widening circles yeah uh but like i know like there's like a it's 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 weird how the 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 building people up and making them famous is as is maybe is it less rewarding than pulling them back down or breaking that person down or like proving something does that make you does that make some people feel better to watch somebody get pulled down a peg it's it's a weird psychology <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, it's the same way our mind always goes to the dark. Like, if they're going to see, oh, read about this, you know, five-year-old's lemonade stand that raised $50,000 for the children's hospital, or read about this gruesome accident and see photos of this 13-year-old girl who's missing her head now. Oh, yeah, let's click that one. Like, well, it's, like, yeah. crazy. It's, it's our it's, brain wiring. It's, we got to change the bait that we bite into. Because... Yeah, it's like the wolves, the, the good wolf and the bad wolf, and it's like, which yeah. wolf are you going to feed? Wolf? Yeah. 
uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll message you privately about the, this other part that's going on in my head about that right now. But there's, there's like a, a music, a musical artist who has like these amazing words, and now it's like he's been very honest about, he's been very honest about, uh, like he's a product of abuse. Like you said, hurt people hurt people, and yeah. now now a bunch of stuff's coming up, and people are like, "Oh well, cancel him." Can't I'm like, "Well, like, hear him, hear him." I mean, maybe maybe don't be so close to the idea of forgiving somebody. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, glass houses, but I just right. I think that people. I don't know. No one is all good and no one is all bad. You know, it, well, there's some people probably that people in that bad category, but no. they were molded and I, something went very wrong. I, I have a, I have, I have a, a tremendous body dysmorphia. Uh, being, being this wrestler, being this person, like I've always either felt too small or too fat or whatever. Like I've never felt good about my body. Like most mm -hmm. of my life. Uh, a couple of years ago, like I started like gaining a little bit of weight. I had a little belly going on. And my uncle was like, he, my uncle was a big fat guy. And uh, my, my uncle was walking around the house and like a, he had like a, a like a, like a tank top, like a, a wife White beater. Wife beater? I don't like to call them wife beaters, but that's the oh, best right. way. Oh, right. Yeah, right. sorry. Oh, God, but, there we go. Now I'm going to get judged. <laughs> well, I, I, I tried to change what I normalize and and saying it, you know what I mean? Because, but either way, he, he he was like, "Oh yeah, you look like you're getting like some titties or whatever." He said that to me, and I was like, "I was like, people in glass houses shouldn't walk around with their shirts off." <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's um. There was a guy I met in Wyoming, and he said, "My dad always said." look for the one good thing in someone and focus on that. Cause he's like, I used to like really not get along with one of my relatives. And I just like, he was always this and that, but he was a really good cook and he used to always cook delicious family dinners. But then he was such an ass at the family dinners, but he's, he was like, but he cooked really well. So I just always focused on that. Thank God he's feeding us and that's important. And he's a really good cook and that's all I'm going to take away. And I think when you can do that, like everyone has at least one good quality. And so I think that if you can focus and like appreciate that and then, you know, spend as much or little time as you need to around that person, if they have more bad qualities, um, then that's on you. But I just, yeah, I think that people are very quick to judge right now. And it's like, are you perfect? You know, like what, what are you judging? <laughs> like things are hard enough right now. Now we're going to start cutting family members out and friends. Like it's, that's the evil winning. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we need we need to be together we need to love each other we need to understand that we're all the same even yeah. in all of our differences and i I've, i mean this has always been in the back of my head because i'm a pro wrestler and it's uh, about we're we're opponents but we're working together this is mm -hmm. a dance we get it we get it so if if I make you look good, it makes me look just as good. Mm -hmm. So that made me go like, love my enemy in life. Because 
I need yeah. my enemy. I need my enemy just as much as my enemy needs me. So yeah. if if I hate them, then I'm opening the possibility of hate in my life, which yeah. I don't. I don't want that. Right. I, I I'd rather I'd rather forgive. I'd rather forgive. Like. Yeah. I'm, I'm way more forgiving. You don't learn anything when you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't learn anything when you're around people that are all the same mind as you. You once, know, you, once you once you convince yourself that you're that you know everything you need to know and you dig your heels in who who are you helping right you're you're, you're not helping yourself <laughs> we gotta gotta we gotta continue to to grow and evolve and and man, like and listen and listen a wise man once a wise man once said to me in a prayer circle, silent and listen are the same word, just jumbled up. And I, I have not stopped quoting that, and I had not stopped thinking oh, that's about so it. so cool. I not thought about that. <laughs> yes. So yeah. whenever I think about if I'm talking too much, I'm not listening as much. And I got to be quiet. I got to be silent so that I can listen. Yeah, you know everybody deserves to be heard. Everybody, no matter how like wrong or right or, I think a lot of people wait till it's their turn to talk and don't listen. So if you yeah, oh, yeah. if you before, what they're gonna say next right, so it's in that defensive mode and like let your guard down. Let your guard down. You're safe here. <laughs> I hope that people get that vibe around me. Like. Hey, I'm not trying to get you. I'm on your side. So add that also to the biggest part. <laughs> this is the biggest part. Silent and listen. I like that. Write that down. Um, that's really cool. So here's what I do. This is how we wrap it up every time. Is I'll say, and this is this is actually not too far from the truth. Hypothetically, hypothetically, this is your show now. Okay, it's evolving with Mary at this point. So this has been your first episode of your podcast, your brand new podcast, Evolving with Mary. In a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, how would you wrap it all up and put a pretty little bow on it and send the folks home happy? Oh, man, I never got to watch Jerry Springer. Um, we didn't have TV growing up. So I find, I I find that the Jerry Springer. I find that the Jerry Springer thing is increasingly How harder. Did he as do it? How he does would be he like, do it? no, I mean Jerry Springer was like. I feel like I remember my friends talking about Jerry Springer. I just we didn't have TV in my house, and even if we did, I know my mom she would have not let me watch Jerry Springer. Well, he would always just say like he would always just say the takeaways, like the parts of the stuff that you should value, and the lessons that you should take from the show, I, and I. I it's it's becoming an expiring it's becoming an expiring thing to say, but I say it every episode, like to do it like Jerry Springer. Like most people are it's fleeting. People are forgetting who Jerry Springer is. People are who are forgetting what that was to our culture back then. But Yeah. I think if I could say one thing that is probably the most powerful thing that um I could give someone as a takeaway right now is for a, the person that's listening to 
really reflect back on their life right now and think of one person, just one person at any point in their life that impacted them. Like, like I said, like it was a teacher or it was a friend that randomly came through when they were going through their divorce that they remember like, wow, I forgot that Janet kept dropping off lasagna or whatever it is, you know, like whatever moment that you're like, that person was really awesome. And I shouldn't really say thank you. And then actually write them a thank you letter because every experience I've talked to people where they were like, I got this anonymous thank you letter or something or like that. It was like at this time where they were like contemplating suicide or they were having a really, really horrible week. Or I know that for me, someone wrote me a thank you letter um, two months ago and I was like in the middle of trying to write my book proposal. I was down in the Caribbean. I had just gotten off my road trip. I was in a really bad place. And that letter not only was a really beautiful, nice thank you letter, but the woman had the exact same handwriting as my mom. Like creep, like it was like as if my mom wrote the letter. It was exactly her handwriting. And while that made me cry for like 20 minutes, it was like so beautiful to have that. And just, I mean, she has no idea how, I mean, I carried around with me and my computer, like in my laptop case, because it's just like, it was such an important, she was just writing a thank you and a nice little message. That was it. So I think that the power of like the written word should be brought back because it's so easy to just send a text or voicemail or a call. But um, I really, well, maybe if they're older, actually a phone call would be nice for them. But anyway, I think that that actually taking the time to do it and like doing it, like, come on, I just drove 43,000 miles. Like you can write a letter. Let's go people. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be expecting you to write a thank you letter to someone, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Well, I have to think about who to thank at this point. But I actually have in my car, I, I, my mom's cousin, we visited her down the shore. She's going through some hard times right now. She just wrote us all individual personal thank you letters. Like, I have it in my car right now. So I, I totally feel the effects of that. And I know uh, just, just like holding space with her and like trying to hear things and suggest ideas and things like that really helped her in this moment. So I hope that, you know, I hope that she passes that along, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to write some thank you letters. I actually, I was actually down the shore. I was down the shore a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, with, I went to the beach with my girlfriend's parents. So, Mm They met us at the beach. So Mm -hmm. they walked up to the beach. And then as they were going to go back, her dad realized that he lost his keys. He realized that he lost his keys. So I went, uh, I went with him back to where he was parked and uh, he couldn't find the keys anywhere. And he like gave up and started walking away. And I got up off the ground because I was on the ground, like looking under the car. And there was a, a, a note written on the, on the windshield wiper. The windshield wiper said, we found your keys. The police had them. So then he called, the, he called the police and they brought him his keys back. And the police told him who had found them and gave them back. I'm like, go leave them a letter. Like said whatever the, the, the address was. And he, it's all on the piece of paper he wrote. Thank you letter. Thank you letter to to the the people at that address. But for sure for sure it's like it doesn't take it doesn't cost you anything to be extra kind. It's yeah. It's free gratuity. Yeah. 
free gratuity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I really have to tell you one more time how grateful I am that you gave me some of your time. And I'm hoping that this is maybe just the start. You know what I mean? This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of how we, how we go, you know, as friends. This is, I'm glad. And I'm happy, very happy to be a resource for you in any way that you might need me to be. I'll, I'll message you my phone number. You can call me anytime. Happy to be a resource. You need some judgment-free conversation. I'm here for you. <laughs> You need you need a, a couch to sleep on in Philly. It's here. <laughs> you <want to> take <laughs> Thank a second you so trip? much. Uh, I always say, like anybody who's listening too, like it doesn't just go for the guests because for sure, please don't make that make you feel any less special. <laughs> I, I want that. I want that message to be universal. I constantly want to be universally at the service of others because if you're going through something. You're not the only person going through a thing. You're uni universally, if you feel like you you can't speak without being judged for it, I'm not a hard I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. You know, if if maybe you can get some help from from listening to my conversations, great. If you need to have a conversation with me, that's fine. We can do it. Uh, make sure you you know subscribe, and you'll get new episodes every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> There's that pitch. <laughs> throw, throw that, throw that little insincere plug out there. <laughs> no, I think that's great. And thank you. Yes, I always have room in my life for more positive people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Be fun. Yes, have thank safe. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for Hold being my friend. Your keys. <laughs> <laughs> ironically i actually forgot my office keys today on my way to work so it's a thing the keys thing yeah yeah i saw that in the you left in the t-shirt box and in that brain. one in that one video that i watched that you like left your keys oh my gosh yeah well that box. was the person's fault that was doing that <laughs> <laughs> they, they set you up they did they set me up for failure <laughs> oh man well thanks so much for doing this and you know um I'll I'll be more in touch with you before Wonderful. before this goes any further, and you know we'll we'll uh, you know have fun being friends, be fun, have safe, awesome. keep evolving. <laughs>